0: There's this hope that comes with watching streaming service TV shows. You kind of hope a show comes back for another season, yet at the same time, if it doesn't, you're good. You enjoyed everything that they gave you. Well, hope no more. Magic for Humans returns for a third season. Season 1's six episodes were released on Netflix on August 17, 2018. Season 2 magically appeared on December 4, 2019, and on May 15, 2020, we get 7 episodes for Season 3. Oh, yes! If you haven't already, go check them all out. Yeah, you got homework for this uh, episode. Though, for this My Summer layer conversation, you'll probably also want to check out The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls' Michael Jordan documentary. (laughs) It is extraordinary but there is a reason why I'm bringing this up. The host of Magic for Humans is comedian and magician Justin Wilman, and as you'll hear, I'm curious what happens when somebody dedicates himself to his craft. In this case, in his case, magic. We saw that with Jordan and his fully devoted connection to basketball and being the best. He was incredibly successful as a leader, as a basketball player, as a teammate, and yet, you can't help but speculate what that dedication cost them. This all sounds heavy, but trust me, this conversation is playful, and it's fun, and it's inspiring. Just like magic for humans, we get into wonder and joy. We open with a silly magic pun as Justin has put his son Jackson down for his daily nap. Hello, Justin? Hey, Sammy. How's it going? The boy went down okay? Okay. He did. He did. You got the magic touch. Hallelujah. There you go.
1: I try. I try. <laughs>
0: yeah, we start off with a cheesy pun to kick it off.
1: I'm a, I'm a fan of puns. I'm not above
0: them. All right. Uh, we'll see if we can work in a couple more.
1: Yes. No, I recognize your name and your email. So thanks for thanks for taking the time to do this.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we have limited time, but I have to ask you about this because... Um, this has nothing to do with your com with our conversation or with your show or anything, uh. But you did a recent interview, and uh, you were asked like, what are you enjoying right now? And you mentioned the uh, the German Netflix show Dark that really lives up to its title. Yeah, how crazy yeah. and cool is that show, eh?
1: It's so good. Are you into season two already?
0: Yeah, I finished season two, so I'm just now waiting for uh, season three. But um, yeah, every so episode my wife and I
1: just, just finished season one. We haven't started two yet. Yeah. But uh, oh man. Yeah, we were very, very impressed. hmm So good. So good.
0: Yeah. All right. Well let's uh we'll talk about, let's now talk about your, your Netflix show, which is the reason why we're actually here. Uh so you, okay. you ready to rock and roll?
1: Let's do it.
0: Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy Unan, and I'm happily joined by a magical human, Justin Wilman. So, hello, What's Justin. Up, hey, hey. How you doing?
1: How are you?
0: I'm good, hanging in there.
1: All, all humans are magical.
0: Oh, there you go. That's a, that's a nice yeah. way to... But there's one um, magical human that I want to focus on uh, to kind of get us into the conversation about season three, which is uh, starting on May 15 on Netflix, which is in Magic for Humans, there's one segment where you're wearing Air Jordans. And I was wondering if you're a uh, Michael Jordan fan or if you're watching The Last Dance.
1: Ooh. Man, I am a Michael Jordan fan. I always have been I was raised in the, you know, in the the era of be like Mike, you know, like, yeah, he's just the human superhero. Uh, and we are loving last names. I didn't watch the most recent episode yet, but just loving it. I mean, just really nice to look back on that time. Uh, and, you know, because I was like a teenager then. So you're kind of watching as just like a starry eyed kid. But now looking back on it and just seeing and understanding the context is, is very, very inspiring.
0: Yeah, well, the reason I brought it up, obviously, other than talk about uh, Michael Jordan, but The Last Dance in particular, it reminds me a lot of your show, uh, Magic for Humans, because like Jordan, you've dedicated yourself to one thing. In your case, it's the craft of magic, and you're really good at it, but Magic for Humans kind of reveals that you're struggling to figure everything else out.
1: Yeah, and uh, The Last Dance, uh, you know, doesn't, you don't really see many frailties of, the, of Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> even when looking behind the scenes. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's very uh, a kind comparison. You know, when I when I watch that, I, I do, you know, I think anyone who has an intense focus and a passion for anything kind mm-hmm. of loves seeing the people who are the best in the fields that they are in, because you know, it doesn't matter. The sports, business, entertainment—like the, the the things that create greatness—and you know, work ethic are, are kind of all the same.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: with him, it really is. I mean, just seeing his his, his focus and competitiveness and confidence—you know, like kind of almost to the the you know level of kind of cocky confidence—but he can back it up. It's it's amazing, you know. Like that's one spot where I'm very different in that I, you know, very often I'm filled with kind of. Doubt or insecurity, or you know, kind of just like you know, hesitation. You know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a little neurotic. I tend to overthink things, and and you know, also in in magic, you know, you kind of have to try your best to predict what's going through a spectator or audience member's mind when you're doing a thing. You know, and uh, so so it is very really different in that regard. And I feel like I you know I am much more of a uh, a, a flawed human than than Jordan, you know, appears to be. But I think it's all about watching the greats and aspiring to kind of sponge off some lessons if you can.
0: Mm -hmm. Magic involves a lot of trial and error. I think people sometimes feel like it's natural, like you just are wandering around, and if I bump into you in the mall or something, you could just suddenly do a card trick or something. But there is a lot of, like, trial and error, and as you said, like, putting the work ethic and the time and stuff like that. And on the show Magic for Humans... Like, how are you balancing that vulnerability and the authenticity? Like, does that also involve that same kind of trial and error? Like you said, you were a little bit more flawed than Jordan. So it's like, or is that just kind of like a natural, like, that's what you're curious and that's how it kind of expresses itself?
1: Well, I think, like, for years, even, you know, long before Magic for Humans, when I was just, you know, trying to be the best magician I could be, you know, uh, magic is is an art form where the skill is hidden. The hard work, the effort, the knuckle-busting, the practice, like, your goal as a magician is to make that invisible so that magic just looks like it's happening, I think, which is why when you watch magic, you know, it feels yeah. like, ah, he just leaves the house and stuff happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. But And when you watch Jordan, you know, play, mm-hmm. you see all the crazy skill and effort. When you watch a musician play a guitar solo, you see the fingers do amazing things. But when you, with magic, you kind of, no one wants to see a magician sweating and struggling to pull off a trick, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it should just look like magic. So that's the, one spot where it's different I think in terms of like finding my voice as a as a entertainer and as a tv personality and as, as a you know as the creator of a tv show I think it took me a while to to be comfortable being like authentic and vulnerable and you know like sharing personal things and I, I think as soon as I, I realized that what people really resonate with is is authenticity and oddly enough you know it's it, you know pairing authenticity with magic, which is deception and misdirection and lies mm-hmm. for the sake of entertainment, is kind of an interesting um, you know paradox. but but as soon as I think I started talking about real life stuff, people really uh, identified with it more. You know, I feel like they aren't used to seeing a magician kind of be be human and uh, you know, by be simultaneously really good at magic, but also, uh, a, a real human just like them and i think it makes them feel a little more bonded with you you know more in common
0: i don't know how to how to put this but you're like a passport person right like we've seen in the first two seasons of magic for humans where we're like you go in these weird uh, subcultures larping uh, i think you even mm-hmm. goat yoga in the first season and you are still yourself. You're still very authentic within yourself. So you clearly know who you are, but you're able to kind of, like I said, passport person, you're able to kind of go to all these different cultures and almost be like a tourist in them for like this bit or segment or whatever yeah. it is you're doing and like still do your magic and still be authentic of who you are. And so that's, I guess that kind of takes a skill set too.
1: You know, it is. It's kind of like, you know, I, I like being, I like the phrase passport person. I hadn't heard of that before, but it, you know, where you are kind of the avatar for the viewer and that they can watch vicariously through you so when you you know constantly when i'm going into these new communities and whatever segment is topic we're exploring you know we're doing it because i do have an innate curiosity about it or i'm you know i find it weird or exciting or whatever so there is a genuine you know genuine passion for going there but i think in the back of my mind i'm also thinking what is the viewer thinking when they watch this, you know, obviously sometimes the viewers are going to think this is weird or bizarre or whatever. Like, so you kind of want to, you know, you want the viewers to see their, you know, curiosity or, uh, you know, suspicion come out through you, you know, so Mm -hmm. that they feel that they're represented. So they almost feel like they're there as well. You know, they want you to ask the questions that they are not, they would naturally ask or not even think to ask that, that they're, that they're, you know, curious about. So, um, and I've always liked, you know, I've always liked kind of doing that. Even when I, you know, some of my favorite, uh, you know, TV is like when Conan would do field segments or go to other countries, you know, even like Mike Rowe on dirty jobs, you know, like he's there, he's down, he's not criticizing this world. He's not judging, Mm -hmm. but he is, you know, there to be an active participant but he's not, like, so deep into it where the viewers are going to think, oh, Justin's a weirdo, too. It's like, no, 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 he's, you know, like, in season three coming up, I go to a nudist colony uh, to do magic, and I think a lot of people have, like, prejudgments in their mind about what that is like, what those kind of people, what kind of people go to those places and stuff, and I really try to approach everything without judgment because I think the takeaway from the show is that, That we're all the same. And I think by treating people normal, even if they are into something that's not normal, Mm -hmm. uh, it just reminds the viewers subconsciously that, oh, you know, like whatever people are into is all good as long as no one's getting hurt, you know, like different strokes for different folks.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
1: feel like hopefully they trust me enough to, you know, feel like, well, Justin, wow, Justin seems to be having fun.
2: Yeah. He
1: thinks these people are all right. Maybe, (laughs) maybe they are all right. Maybe maybe everyone's. Yeah, everyone's more alike than they are different, and
0: everything's okay. I think that kind of also feeds into the 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 magic aspect as well, because one of the—frustrating um, I, I, is a strong word, but like one of the frustrating aspects of watching your show is that you'll do something crazy, and then like I'll sometimes watch it at like 11 or 12 at night or whatever, and I'm just by myself, and I'm like, I have no one around mm-hmm. me to like, yo, did you see what he just did? And that feeling of like, yo, did you see what he just did? I mean, we're just talking about Michael Jordan, and it's the same thing with Magic. You need two or three people around you to verify that, like, yo, he actually, like, made that card appear, or he levitated the lady, or whatever the trick is. Like, you need a community there to witness the spectacle.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why we go, you know, that's why, you know, like, I'm a live performer in my DNA, you know, and I feel like there's nothing, I love watching a crowd watch me perform when something amazing happens, you know, you kind of see people look left and right to the people that they're with. Like, yeah, you saw that too. That was crazy. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay. We're all in this together. So it is weird to watch alone. I think that's why like, you know, we love sharing clips of what we find funny with our friends because we just want to make sure that they find it as hilarious as we do. And Mm -hmm. it kind of then, you know, it kind of, kind of completes the equation loop, you know, and uh, with magic, especially, I think because I I like to present magic in kind of like a, a little more of a nonchalant manner as opposed to like hyping things up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes people have to like, wait, 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 okay, hold on. Justin's not acting like, hey, I just did something crazy amazing, but I think that was amazing. You do need to validate it with somebody. That's why it's fun to watch together. Mm-hmm. So watch with your friends, <laughs> which yeah. is hard now. But uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah.
0: We'll have a sleepover uh, once this is all over, and we'll get into season three. Yeah, Uh, but there you go. But there's um, Jerry Seinfeld um, on the Seinfeld show, like back in the '90s. There was a very, very famous scene where um, him and George Costanza they go into NBC to pitch basically the Seinfeld show, and they're like, "It's a show about nothing." So how did you pitch all this kind of like stuff to uh, like Netflix, like? I'm gonna do goat yoga and I'm gonna do LARPing and I'll pull stuff out of a knapsack, including my own real life wife. Like, <laughs> how do you pitch this to Netflix?
1: You know, I um, I was kind of lucky in that I I pitched. You know, I had I had uh, done a couple pilots with Comedy Central that didn't get picked up, and but I took the kernels of goodness from those failed pitches and kind of came up with. Uh, an idea for a show where it's kind of me exploring different subcultures, that type of thing. But I didn't have like tons of details worked out because I knew, you know, like once this gets picked up, we have to then, you know, I have to kind of form a team and really figure out what's in the right dice at that moment. But I think that the pitch, I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to be able to kind of pitch the show and sell it in the room, really just based on the idea that it's a new way to, use magic kind of on television and out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I kind of, once, once they picked up the show, when we were ready to go, that's when I was like, Oh, Oh shit. Okay. Now we got to figure out really what the show is, you know, cause it was kind of more of a pie in the sky idea, but not like a nitty gritty format. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky though, in that we, we kind of didn't have to just make a pilot and get it approved. You know, we were able to make a, make the whole season kind of at once and sculpt it all together. Um, but yeah, that was a rare case where you kind of were able to sell a show before you have all the ducks in a row, and uh, I don't know if I'll ever have that luxury again, but, uh, but it was nice.
0: So just to pick up on what you're saying, um, some of season one's themes include self-control, guilt trip, and love, uh, while season two focused on Christmas, daddy issues, and time is relative. Uh, you already alluded to the nudist colony. What, what themes or what ideas can we expect for season three?
1: Yeah, season three we explore uh, power. You know how it comes in many different forms. And these days, it's you know obviously there's physical power, but uh, you know influence online, social media power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the power of suggestion, the power of authority, the power of words. We kind of explored that. So it's a little more kind of a heady philosophical topic. But we we were able to kind of delve into some pretty cool stuff. Uh, vices is another theme in season three. You know, we all kind of have our vices, whether it's food or uh, gambling or, you know, smoking weed or Mm -hmm. uh, candy or whatever it is. So we kind of explore vices. We also have a self-care episode, home, fear, um, traditions. Um, You know, it's kind of uh, some fun stuff. I mean, the fear episode is definitely like a a really – kind of clear visceral one we, we easily could have explored that in season one kind of just because it's such a big idea so it was in, it was reassuring to know that like you know even in season three we're not running out of stuff to write about and explore and i'm sure season four or five etc fingers crossed you know there's you know every it seems like every day now uh, the world kind of presents a whole new boatload of dilemmas and problems and issues so i think there's gonna, always going to be plenty to explore
0: yeah, like you alluded already that season uh, three uh, with the fe- No Fear episode, part of it is you go into a nudist colony. And in, in the end of uh, season two, you had the uh, the all work, no play episode. You were uh, telecommuting via like a handy uh, task rabbit helper. And he had all these like pockets, kind of these overalls, and he had all these pockets and stuff like this. But in the No Fear episode, you're like completely naked. So <laughs> it's like there's no pockets. Like what do you do with your hands? And like is it weird? weird.
1: Hence, hence my, hence my fear, you know, every, every segment in that episode was like kind of trying to conquer a fear and mm-hmm. some fears, you know, are, are more scary in your mind than in real life. So it was kind of a chance to find that out. It was really weird coming up with the magic to do without clothes on. And it's also, you know, obviously you feel super vulnerable, but you know, like, yeah, what do you do with your hands? You know, like mm-hmm. where, where does stuff go? Uh, you, you kind of can't, there's nowhere for props you kind of have to improv and jazz and come up with magic to do with stuff around you or you know uh, a a beach towel or your can line or whatever Mm -hmm. um it was really scary and vulnerable uh but but in the end like for me it uh you know I I kind of had this idea of what these people were like or what that whole subculture is like and it wasn't like that at all it was really kind of about about uh, you know a judgment-free zone where people can really just be themselves and you know not feel um, you know kind of pre-labeled by what they what they what kind of clothes they wear, etc. It was it was kind of a, a really sweet, eye-opening experience for me. You kind of forget about being naked after 30 minutes, believe it or not.
0: I could see that. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. But, but then like. Do you think the the full frontal nudity will like help the ratings or hinder the ratings? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we've got we, we we did a we did a pretty good job at blurring everything yes. you definitely don't want to see.
2: Yeah. So you can.
1: So it's still very safe to watch with your kids or your grandma. Yes. But uh, but I think it will naturally make people uh, you know uh, look close to scrutinize whether you like it or not. You're kind of like, well, okay, let me make sure. Did they miss a spot in the blurring? <laughs> yes. You know, like you kind of just. It is very voyeuristic watching it, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. You kind of mentioned some of the themes already for season three. Like, did your approach change at all? Knowing like you've had a lot more success with the first two seasons, like especially with like turning one dude or convincing one dude that he was invisible. You didn't actually turn him in invisible, but like, mm-hmm. like is there a different approach now where like you you have like you were saying before, like um, you're trying to you're still trying to figure out things with confidence and stuff like this. Are you now a lot more confident going into season three? Did your approach change?
1: Yeah, well, you know, definitely the success of season one kind of inspired a lot of confidence and and just real feels really good to know that people like it and things that resonate with you resonate with them. I think we wanted to, you know, give them the the, the same flavors they came for. You know, give them the thing that they that they like. You know, you got to give them their Susan, but then also like <laughs> you have to give them some new stuff. So you, you kind of like you want to you want to. You know, give them that uh, that really tasty appetizer that their grandma used to make, and they keep coming back for. it, But then you blow them away with the dessert. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we I love I love doing these kind of modified social experiments. I think I think people really like watching something and being a little bit in on the process. You know, kind of knowing a little bit more than the people in the scene know.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that with magic makes it a little more palatable for a wider audience. Because some people just You know, some people don't. You know, some people get turned off watching magic on TV because they feel like it's a challenge to their intelligence, or they feel like it's, you know, like, you know, a puzzle, or I'm smarter than you. You know, so I feel like people like to know a little bit about the psychology and a couple of things happening. And but then also, you know, like going going on deep dives, like in season two, we went to the Renaissance. There was something I always wanted to do, just because I feel like there's so much gold there you know so that's why like going to a nudist colony felt like oh man there's so much (laughs) we can do uh so it's it's fun knowing that at least you've got this fan base who who digs the show and will kind of like come along with you on a ride and let you you know they'll be down to see what new things you want to try uh you know kind of give you the benefit of the doubt and uh, hopefully walk away you know enjoying it but definitely i I didn't want to change the format too much i didn't want to like shake it up I yeah. wanted to kind of dig deeper within the the, the, you know, the parameters that we defined.
0: Well, all magic is based on trust, right? Because you're always asking. Like any magician is asking for volunteers from an audience or asking for money for a phone or whatever. So there's always a certain level of trust. And I think now that you're on to a third season – there is that kind of built-in trust with the audience. They know who you are, <laughs> such as it is. They'll probably know a little bit more about you now after the nudist colony episode. But they'll know who you are, yeah. and then now that trust is there, so they can follow you down those uh, stranger roads.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, even at the most basic level, like for someone just to stop and watch a trick is them trusting that it's going to be worth their time. And I think just taking the time to watch your show, you know, is 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 trust just hitting play, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, time is like, you know, our most precious resource. So, you know, I don't want to, you don't want to betray that trust. You don't want to get self-indulgent and do something that's like, Oh boy, Justin's doing this segment more for him than for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's also, you know, you kind of really, you don't want to let your viewers down. You kind of want to, uh, you know, keep challenging them, keep surprising them, keep satisfying kind of the, the things that they want. So you, it's a, it's a fine line to,
0: to balance. I know your kid showed up in uh, season two, but now that you've had him for a little bit longer, like, has having that experience of being a father, has that changed how you're curious or how you approach season three?
1: Yeah, you know, just having a kid, you know, you kind of naturally now every day stop and notice the little things because that's all he notices, you know, like seeing, seeing a bird on a power line or seeing a butterfly or noticing ants you know, on the ground, like, or admiring a pebble, like all these little things that we just don't take time to acknowledge. You kind of stop and, and, oh yeah, that's a rock, buddy. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Don't put it in your mouth. No, that's an ant. Don't hurt it. Be careful. You know, these little things I think are um, tons of ways to pull inspiration for magic, obviously. So it definitely has enriched what I do as a magician. And I think how I, you know, come up with ideas and approach things, and uh and i think it just kind of makes you a better person stopping and smelling the roses almost literally sometimes because we, we really we we really often kind of take for granted so many of these this little phenomenon in the world you know that you forget about like oh yeah that is crazy that flowers just pop up out of nowhere <laughs> that yeah. weed can go through concrete like mm-hmm. all those little things that you just kind of you know, noticed as a kid and forgot about after that, you get to rediscover. So it's exciting. And then I think, you know, even though we did a, a fatherhood episode in season two, you know, like every month it's kind of like a, a whole new layer of fatherhood, you know, like mm-hmm. as you're, you know, season two is really kind of newborn and, you know, just this little baby that's kind of like a sack of flour, you know, doesn't do much. <laughs> and then all of a sudden now he's talking, saying words and surprising you with the, the things that the information is sponging up. So I could definitely see more more parenthood related things in subsequent seasons for sure
0: so with all the magic you performed either for your like in front of fans or in front of crowds or even through the lens of your son then like can you teach wonder we have that debate right of whether you can teach comedy or not but can you teach wonder or is it just something you have to like as your son is doing just kind of discover things on his own like yo there's a there's a rock here this is pretty cool can you teach wonder
1: Mm. Man, can you teach wonder? I don't think we can. I mean, because I feel like wonder is something that we can unlearn, and it's hard to then teach it back. Actually, I I think wonder is something that I think, you know, as as kids we find, uh, and then growing up we kind of are reminded of. And I think the more evolved of adults, hold on to because they know that you know just because you're intelligent you know how things work and you know that experiencing wonder is very very important i think it's why we go to you know uh, amazing marvel movies and this and that just to, to kind of have your mind blown. but experience wonder in real life is, is a beautiful thing i mean i remember as a kid just being on an airplane when it takes off you're like how the hell is this gigantic heavy things coming mm-hmm. off the ground and now when you take off on a plane you look around everybody's on their phones doing doing stuff like it's very easy to forget and unlearn wonder not that you should like you know be ooing and eyeing every time you're taking off on an airplane <laughs> but i i think it is nice to to remember and be in touch with your 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 wondrous side but i do think you can i don't know if you can teach it but i i think you can forget you can forget it you can unlearn it and it's really it can be hard to relearn it you know
0: it's speaking of like going on an airplane and ooing and aahing, like you are expecting to make up some of the dates for your tour in the fall. Is that correct? That's correct. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm.
1: But I'll make them up whenever, whenever it is safe. You know, like I definitely don't want to, you know, force it and make people feel uncomfortable. I really want to see the show, but, you know, I don't want to get sick. You know, I, I, I don't want to do it at a time where there's still a risk of somebody you know, getting sick. So it's kind of right, you know, my life right now is really about coming up with new ways in in quarantine to kind of still spread wonder and still write and create fun things, you know, with these confines, but I can't wait to get back on stage. You know, there's nothing better than that. You know, you, you shoot a magic, you know, you shoot the season of magic for humans, you know, many months before. And then, you know, it is very exciting when it finally comes out, but, there's something about kind of just that instant exchange and the instant gratification, but also just the instant uh, kind of trade of information like between an audience uh, and, and me on stage where things, things happen on stage. that just it never and never happen again that way ever again. It's it's it's, it's fun. It's, it's kind of hard to replicate. So I do miss it.
0: Yeah, it's like watching, like you mentioned the Marvel movies, like you can only see that movie once, like you can see it many times, but all the twists and everything like that that happen in real time, like that's gone, like once you've seen it, <laughs> you know what a Thanos does and what happens to Iron Man and all these right. things, you can't unlearn and it. And even night.
1: more so with a movie like, you know, like The Sense or something, you know, like a movie that really is kind of like a magic trick and then it's got this big reveal and you can yeah, you can never watch it again the same way usual suspects you know mm-hmm. you can watch it again and appreciate it in a different way but uh yeah i mean spoilers are a real thing you know and uh it 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 is a it is a beautiful experience to take it in for that first time
0: as we're wrapping up you mentioned that you're focused on kind of um uh sharing wonder uh, during this quarantine time and that includes the social distancing magic starter kit can you explain what that is this is really neat
1: Oh dude, thanks, man. I, I have always wanted to make a magic kit because, you know, when I was a kid, I was twelve, I broke my arms, I was laid up and cast because I went through a couple of bone surgeries. So I, I, you know, was pulled out of school for a couple months and that's when I discovered magic. My doctor actually recommended card tricks and physical therapy, oddly enough. So my parents went out and kind of bought me a couple magic kits. And uh, and and you know, that's what set me off onto my journey. But uh, always looking back, I was like, man, magic kits are very really hit or miss, you know? It's like there's a bunch of tricks in there, but maybe two of them are good, and you have to read these instructions that are very poorly written. So I always wanted to create a good magic kit, and I just never had the time. And finally here, you know, in our quarantine times, I, I was able to really put my full attention to it. So I was able to pick 10 of my favorite tricks, put them in this kit. I, I teach all the tricks uh, via uh, videos on kind of like a secret website, so you don't have to read a thing, which mm-hmm. I think – for a short attention span person like me, is great because you get to kind of you just kind of have to see it. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm personally teaching you the tricks. Uh, proceeds go to directrelief.org, which is really helping people on the front lines of, uh, of you know the the pandemic that we're in right now. So it, what what's really fun is that uh, you know we raise thousands of dollars, and I get these videos almost every day from kids from parents you know, like of of people doing the tricks in the box and it's so fun. It's so cool because everyone's putting their own spin on it. You know, like I told people, you can, you can do the trick this way. You know, this is how I would do it. But I encourage you to come up with your own wacky, wacky way. And it's really cool seeing kids creativity and doing magic over zoom to their grandparents and stuff. (laughs) So it's, it's been a really nice rewarding thing.
0: Yeah. Do you think uh, these kids will grow up and just uh, be as cool as you? Or is, it, or is there still magicians and they're nerds and stuff? Oh, man, I, I yeah. hope
1: not. I hope <laughs> not. You know, I got I to gotta hold on to something. Yeah. Now, I, I think, you know, obviously if, if the magic kid inspires some kids to, like, pursue a career in magic, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. But I think what it what it, what it does that it is nice is that it just... Uh, I think magic is like this art form that you don't need to go pro. Like, you can... I think... If, If you dabbled, if you're an amateur, you, you develop a deep appreciation for it. I think it's something that definitely enriches your wonder by, like, even though I know how the magic works, by doing a trick and blowing someone's mind and seeing them experience wonder constantly reminds me of what it looks and feels like to be a kid and just like, you know, taking a walk with my son and he sees birds and flowers and, you know, that just obviously reminds me of what it feels like to be a kid. And I think it's just a good... I think it's a good, social, enriching, empowering art form, whether you uh, do it as a pastime or as a profession. So hopefully, I I mean, I think if nothing else, it'll just bring a little good into the world because people will uh, be able to connect with other people, and that's always good.
0: Yeah, I found that whenever I've gone to magic shows or gone to the Magic Castle or different places, when people see a crazy trick performed, they go into this like really weird hyper overdrive, trying to figure out how the he did. He has magnets. And he has like there's a crane or something like. And it it even for the people who are not practicing magic, it forces them to kind of use their imagination and kind of like uh, kind of spark and go down this weird road. Um, and they obviously go over to the top, and it's like it's because like, I have a couple of magician friends, and they'll tell me stuff sometimes. They'll ruin it for me. I'm like I don't want to know. I believe it's real magic, but it, it's when people react to that stuff, it's like. They're they're now starting to think um, differently than they did when they came into the show before they came into the show. You know what I mean? Like you've disrupted how they're thinking.
1: Mhm. hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I I I used to and, and still do sometimes. Like when I'll hear people try to dissect a trick or something right in front of me. You know, like I'll be like, guys, come on. You know, like it, 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 you you don't want to know. You know. Mm-hmm. But I I know that's just that's just just you know some people experience magic in different ways some people have to kind of figure it out it doesn't mean they're not enjoying it It doesn't mean they're trying to bust your ball. Mm-hmm. it's just like the human brain being stimulated you know just like a, a, you know not that magic is a puzzle but I think the, the things that a good puzzle or a good movie where you can kind of like you know you're trying to you're trying to get to the end before the movie does like we were talking about dark you know like mm-hmm. the satisfaction of of knowing what reveal is coming even if it's one minute before it happens Mm -hmm. really kind of stimulates the brain and it's you know it, it sparks that imagination so it's exciting and I think it does um it does hopefully bleed over where you just kind of you know experience the world a little more observantly and a little more enthusiastically you know like we are so numb I think to wonder these days because we are gifted with gifted from birth now these kids you know with with such amazing technological power and, mm-hmm. you know, amenities that we kind of, you know, just don't, we don't know what it's like to not have those things. And uh, and we also don't even look too deeply into, like, how does it work? How does Wi-Fi work? How does that get from the air into my phone? We, you know, like, just these little magical things that are all around us, I think it's nice to be grateful for, you know?
0: Yeah. With magic, you're, you're really forced to be present. I mean, if you really want to participate properly, like, you know what I mean? Because you want to see if he's going to, like, find your card in the deck of cards or whatever it is or, like, make that thing reappear. And we've seen, like, uh, before in our old life, uh, pre-quarantine, where, like, you go out to a restaurant and you'd see, like, a couple and they're just both looking at their phones and they're clearly, like, not connecting with each other. They're not present. And you're like, oh, man, that's just, like, sad. Like, yo, where's the romance or something? And magic is great because it's, like for whatever the show is for what, however long the trick is, you're completely and totally focused. And that's, that's a rare and wonderful gift.
1: It's that's absolutely true. And that's why I, 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 you know, when I approach, uh, whether it's, uh, an episode of magic payments or a live show, I know that I need to, within like the first two minutes, do something that makes everyone go like, Oh shit. I got, okay. I got to watch close. Mm-hmm. I got to, yeah, I got to pay attention, you know? And, um, uh, you know, music uh, and, and even movies, it's easy to kind of drift in a movie, you know, like I love feeling riveted, but I can't look away, you know, but in even music, you're watching the, the greatest music show, you know, you can kind of, it can sometimes become a little bit of ambiance and your mind can wander. So it is nice to just snap people into that moment. And that's what my live show is really about. It's kind of about reminding people of the importance to live in the moment. And it's and it's that way because I have a big problem with that you know like i myself will always struggle with staying present staying in the moment listening not getting ahead of myself or uh, thinking about the you know stuff i need to do or stuff i did so i think by by preaching it it's kind of reminding myself that i got to uh, stay focused on it
0: so this is a terrible segue because that what you just said was really inspiring, but normally I end asking my guests where people can find them on social media, uh, which is one uh-huh. of the problems of why we are in the trouble that we're in and I'm also wondering too if like <laughs> with social media now, like because you when you pull up a lot of guests or any magician pulls up guests like we've never met, we've never talked, and I'm like, well, I kind of follow you on social media so it's like it's a bit of a it's getting harder, I guess, isn't it? Well,
1: it is, but I think. I think the, you know, social media taking people out of the moment, it's like, you know, if you're on your phone when you're in a beautiful park or on a beautiful day or with a beautiful person, you know, that's not great. But Mm -hmm. if you're like, I'm going to sit down on the couch right now and I'm going to look Justin Wilman up on Instagram and watch some of the things you're in the moment doing that thing. I think that's okay. It's all about moderation, Mm -hmm. you know, limiting that screen time. So if you're going to sit down on the couch and look me up, you'd go to at Justin Wilman on Instagram or at Justin underscore Wilman on Twitter. I'm on the Facebook, I'm on TikTok and uh, I'm not like making TikTok videos. I like, I like kind of taking snippets from Magic for Humans and putting them up on TikTok and um, it's interesting sometimes the things, you know, I can, it, it, what, what I've noticed lately is the videos I'm doing with my son Jackson, you know, I'm trying to teach him magic in quarantine, quote unquote, a little tongue in cheek <laughs> and he keeps busting me on the tricks and revealing yeah. the methods. and. Those clips like go viral on Facebook, you know, they get millions of views because mm-hmm. Facebook is mostly parents, <laughs> aunts, <laughs> uncles, and grandparents who think babies are adorable. And on TikTok, you know, teenagers couldn't care less about a baby, <laughs> you know, like because they were babies recently. So yeah. it's kind of funny seeing like what clips resonate on different platforms. It's it's rarely the same thing that goes crazy everywhere. Uh, it's very you know demographically divided. Go figure.
0: I get, is your shows demographically divided as well? Like, you get, like, kids to grandpas?
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's what's fun is, you know, the live show is I try to kind of, you know, obviously I'm not doing a kiddie show, but I'm not doing, like, a edgy, edgy, super edgy adult show. I'm trying to kind of have a little something for everybody, so I'll get kids to grandparents. And I think that was the big surprise with Magic for Humans season one. I I think we all thought we were making kind of an adult show, like a show that could be on Comedy Central, mm-hmm. you know, obviously – you know, that we would bleep any swear words, but we kind of would explore some edgy topics. And I was astounded with how many, like uh, what what a big family draw the show had. You know, obviously episode six of season one is a, a bit edgy. So some parents told me like, ah, we turned it off there. Um, we'll uh, <laughs> pick up in season two, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, it is it is for me like the most rewarding making a show that, Kids can watch and feel like it's for them. Adults can watch and feel like it's for them. You know, uh, college kids could get stoned and watch it and feel like it's made just for them. That's kind of the, the fun little magic trick is creating a show that's for everybody, but everyone thinks it's bespoke for, for them. So don't tell them that, though. Okay, I won't. Don't, let them, know. Hey, don't yeah. let them know that it's all a big con.
0: Yes, that's what the hustle is, right? That's what we participate in that's magic what the for.
1: the hustle is, money. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, so that brings us full circle back to Jordan and to the end, right? Because Jordan kind of operates the same way, where it's just like he brings everybody out, and everybody's looking for the magic or that one moment. We're like, how did he do that? And we covered Jordan. We covered uh, that your skill is hidden. We covered uh, you don't know what to do with your hands at the nudist colony, and we even covered wonder.
1: Yeah, man, we, we ran the gamut. We, we did. So you know, and there are a lot of parallels. I'm glad you kicked it off with Jordan. You know, because. Jordan, um, I love in that particular episode when he really learned that, and, you know, kind of uh, Phil Jackson kind of created this new uh, directive where it's really not about Jordan outshining everyone. It's about Jordan, the teammate. And you realize, like, oh, man, and you really then do, you know, you can, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And uh, I learned in creating magic for humans, you know, even though for years I've been a solo performer, in creating a TV show, you really do need to assemble like a team where you let other people shine and you kind of you know, I, I never want to be the smartest or funniest person in the room so you kind of stack this room with just the people that kind of inspire you to be better and uh, you know, that, that teamwork mentality I think uh, applies, applies anywhere, you know, we're, we're so used to trying to kind of hustle and do it ourselves and you know, you, you can get far doing that but Man,
0: the power of the team is, is amazing. Yeah, it it connects back to what you are saying before about the hidden skill. Like, people just don't realize... And again, this again connects back to Jordan. I don't think people realize how much time and energy um, and focus he put into, like, in the gym and, like, running and doing all these different things. And it's the same thing with magic. Like, you don't just do the card trick once or twice and you're like, all right, I got it. And then you go off and then you perform it in the show or on Magic for Humans. Like, it's a lot of work and effort. I was thinking, like, when you were talking about it, like... As an analogy, it's like you don't go on a date and you haven't, like, done anything. You have to go to, like, you have to read some books or go see some documentaries or do something so that when you go on a date, you're actually interesting and you have something to talk about and you're not boring her, if that makes sense.
1: It makes sense. I mean, that's why even between doing these Magic for Human seasons, you know, because it kind of, I do draw from so much of real-life stuff, you kind of do just need to, stop working and live your life and get some more experiences under your belt to talk about, you know, you know, even comedians, it's kind of like I need to like not tour for a month or two so I can just go and be a human, you know? And I think that's something we forget about, especially in American culture Mm -hmm. where we just kind of work, 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 how many hours did you rack up, you know, and you just don't have a, a life anymore. You're kind of a robot. So that's always a struggle for me is to, to balance, work and play hey that should be an episode
0: there you go if 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 i can ask you one more question before you go then so sure. now that you've got the three seasons under your belt has it helped you like is it like have you become a better human i guess if you can grade something like that mm. hmm.
1: um i think so every everything every segment and kind of place we go like i'm always surprised by it uh, the outcome, you know, like with magic, you kind of plot it out, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and, but really it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure and, and you never, you know, because it's an unscripted show, it's essentially like a reality documentary show, you know, uh, what happens, happens, and it's always a surprise, you know, like with the nudist, like walking away with that appreciation that man, this is actually not about what I thought it was about, even in season one, the puppy play, you know, like these are just <laughs> good people, smart people, and you really prejudge The, the, you know, the quirky, strange pastime they have, but man, you, you, I I do walk away, I think much more open-minded, you know, devil's advocate, uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt, Um, just a little less, you know, I kind of feel a little less cynical and divisive uh, after each season. So, yeah, it's made me a better human. Certainly not perfect. Certainly a ways to go.
0: Yeah, you'll get there. But for now, that's uh, that's a good way to end it. Yeah. I mean, it, it feeds back into what you're saying before about being curious and um, like wonder, right? Like if you already decided that the Nudo's colony people are like creepy or weird, you've already written them off. But if you go into it like I wonder what these people are like and then you allow them to kind of surprise you. That's a better way to live because then you're open to a lot more experiences. You don't have to agree with everything that you've seen or do, but you're at least a lot more open, which helps.
1: Yeah, man, our our whole society these days is very much, uh, you know, us versus them, you know, and a lot of comedy comes from just kind of, they suck, they're stupid, we're smart, Mm -hmm. and I think um, that's fine, you know, that's fine, but I feel like we've got plenty of that, and we've got plenty of places to get that kind of comedy and and creativity, I think it's fun to remind people that we are all in this together, I think that's, if anything, if any progress is going to happen, it's going to come from that, at least from in my pov all
0: right that's an inspiring note we should leave it there i know we've kind of gone over time and i apologize for that uh but we no
1: it was a great chat and you're you're uh, it was really fun to hear your thoughtful questions and uh i'm just glad this was able to work out so i hope your listeners enjoy it
0: oh wow that was really cool because yeah i this is i'm not sucking up or anything i really enjoy magic for humans <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot of fun um yeah and it's just it's a satisfying meal. It's a lot like The Last Dance. You know how, like you were saying before, The Last Dance, you're really digging it. And it's just like when you watch an episode of Magic for Humans, you're like, man, I feel full. Like, I, I enjoyed that.
1: Well, thanks, man. I, I think my mantra is always just to never phone it in, you know. And I never want to put something out there that wasn't really thought out and really kind of – I want you to be able to watch it and tell, like, oh, man, they, they really put – this this is crafted, you mm-hmm. know and i think that's that jordan mentality as well you know every game playing playing it like it's your last you know mm. cuz it might be so
0: yeah hopefully you'll get to come to toronto uh, in the fall if the tour resumes uh, be great to see I you. I have plans
1: to, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see if those dates hold up.
0: All right. I haven't
1: announced yet, but fingers crossed, I look forward to meeting you in person.
0: Oh, that'd be great. And uh, just before you go, give a high five to Jackson. He does a great job with the uh, the magic, <laughs> the quarantine videos. I will. He does. <laughs> yeah. He's got potential. <laughs> yeah, he does. Sure. Yeah. I think he should get an agent. I think you should like set him I up. Know.
1: Like... <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be a stage dad. Yeah, basically,
0: yeah. yeah. So he'll bring mm-hmm. you can open for him exactly mm-hmm. gladly yeah gladly thank you so much justin for this time and thank you for the show so you're welcome dude there we go
1: there we go look forward to seeing you in, uh, in toronto i'm giving you a big hug
0: thank you see you bye-bye <laughs> take care everybody wonder, and joy. What a fun conversation. I I also want to recognize that we don't talk enough about trust. Trust is like when a magician says, give me a dollar, and they rip it up for a trick. You willingly hand them over a dollar. I recently watched Beastie Boys Story, a documentary where the surviving members of the Beasties share the story of their band and their friendship. Trust me, when you do, and that trust is one way from the consumer to the creator. It's a signal to go down all kinds of weird roads. I trust you. I don't find it at all strange The fight for your right guys put out Paul's Boutique. I mean, look at the crazy road trips we went on with David Bowie. We went from Berlin to Mars. That trust is amazing. I trust these people with my time and my money and my attention. Justin and I talked about trust and I'd wish we stayed on it for a little bit longer because it's so crucial to his success and to our benefit. He's right. When talking about the trust, he wants to challenge the audience and to surprise the audience. When you hear it, that is so inspiring. The creators who recognize that trust and who acknowledge how fragile that trust is end up making the most compelling work. Their work lasts. Trust me on this. If you're digging Magic for Humans Season 3, let me know what your favorite bits are. Episode 1 is crazy. You will have to watch it twice just so you can mentally process it. Let me know your thoughts on magic and on humans. It's my pal Sammy for IG, Facebook, and Twitter. My pal Sammy. Thank you so much for listening to me in a Netflix world. Magic for humans, yo.